today on Kingdom Rock Radio. The Lord Jesus told Peter, Peter, Satan desires to have you that he may sift you as wheat. He said, no, Lord, I'm ready to die for you. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, he, Satan desires to have you. He's got something in you, Peter. And if the devil has something in you, if there's something there that he can use, he will pull you. And, and most of the time, the majority of the time, it always, he always pulls at the wrong time. Well, on today's broadcast, you're going to hear part number three in this series entitled The King's Meat. It is subtitled Just One Look. And we know that you will be richly blessed as you hear this message. Don't forget to contact us. As a matter of fact, this month is shout out month. Let us know that you're there. If you have the Kingdom Rock app, just tap on the prayer button and send us a shout out let us know that you are there or if you're on facebook you can contact us there let us know we would love to hear from you we would so much appreciate it all right without any further ado here comes the message entitled just one look right here on kingdom rock radio well you know we are pleasing in the sight of the lord through the body and blood of jesus christ and we want to do things that are pleasing to the lord amen I want to do things before we get into the word today let me say this uh, the lord is really impressing upon my heart that in order for us to move forward in life we have to first accept where we are you have to first accept where you are if this was a map of the united states that's almost that's almost right well, praise the Lord. <laughs> if this was a map of the United States, and uh, I may not have made an A in geography, but I know we're right here somewhere in Georgia there, somewhere right about there, somewhere right around there. And let's say we wanted to get uh, down here to uh, Orlando or somewhere at MGM Studios, somewhere right here, want to have a good time. There's somewhere where you want it to go. Well, unless you decide where you are, how in the world can you get there? Unless you decide. If you put in your, your coordinates in your spiritual GPS, and how many of you drive with a GPS sometimes when you have to go different places? Oh, I sure do. <clears throat> when I don't know where in the world I'm going. One of the things that I ask you, or maybe you want to do a map quest or a Google map or a Google Earth or whatever, in order to, for you to get to where you're going, it always asks the same question. Where are you now? Where is your starting point? Where is, where is here for you? Where is here? And for most of us, here can be a frightening place. And most times we, we imagine ourselves being somewhere else, maybe over here. Maybe we thought we'd be a lot further along in life. Maybe we thought we'd be further along in ministry. Maybe we, we thought we'd be further along in a lot of things. And we can get where we want to be confused with where we are. And how in the world, when you're trying to put in those coordinates, how in the world can you get to where you got to go if you haven't accepted where you are. 
Or say, well, I'm not, I don't have the house I thought I'd have. I don't have the car I thought I'd have. I don't have the church I thought I'd have. I don't have the friends I thought I'd have. I don't have this, for some would say, I don't have the spouse I thought I'd have. I don't have this, I don't have that. But where are you now? Because you cannot get to where you've got to go until you accept where you are. I remember saying when I was in high school, by age of 25, it was my goal to be a millionaire. I'm still waiting on 25 to get here. <laughs> One day I hit 25. One day I just knew I'd start a business. I just knew I'd do this and that. Boy, goals were high. Praise the Lord. But in order for you to get to where you've got to be, I don't know where X marks the spot for you in the kingdom of God in this life. I don't know what things you were hopeful for when you were just a little one. But in order for us to get to where we got to go, we can't imagine where we want to be. We can't fluff it. We can't. we, we, we can't make it more than what it is. It, we have to accept what it is, where we are now, financially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, psychologically, every area, intellectually, every area. Where are you? Where are you? I thought I'd be doing this. I thought I'd be doing that. Where are you? Once we establish where we are okay I am here I don't like this but nonetheless I am here tell your neighbor and tell them I am here here. ask them do you know where you are (laughs) do you understand do you do you know where you are financially do you know where you are emotionally do you know where you are spiritually I know where we want to be I know what we have envisioned ourselves in being. I know what we have believed to be. I know what has been prophesied to be. But where are you? How in the world can God get us to where we got to go if we're constantly going around, around, rejecting where we are? I don't want to look at it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to think about it. But how in the world can he get you to where you got to go If you won't even put in your address of where you are. Are you hearing? Don't even think of the street name. Now, I'm not just speaking physically. Not just talking about your physical street. I pray pray that you're going with me, that you understand, that you understand what I'm saying here. I know it may be terrible. I know it may be horrible. But unless we stand up and realize where we are and accept it. I know a lot of times in the, in the faith movement, we, we want to say, I'm this and that. I have this and I have that. I'm this and I'm that. I'm this and I am that. <laughs> but some, there are some things that are true that you cannot ignore. I know we believe in God for a pair of new legs, but right now you don't have any legs and you're you're going on the wheelchair. Accept the wheelchair for a moment. It's temporary, but you are still in the chair. We're expecting the Lord to grow some legs out of the nubs. Praise the Lord. But until that day happens, stroll along and thank the Lord that you can, that you have a hope in the future. 
You understand? One man once said, you got to do what you got to do now in order to get to where you got to go. Where are you? I think somebody needed that this morning. Where are you? Where are you? You can't curse where you are. If you continually curse your life or curse where you are, then you'll never get started on the journey to where you've got to go. Are you hearing? I'm here. Thank you, Lord. It may not be the best of this or that, but I thank you, Lord, that I still have eyes to see. I still have ears to hear. I still have breath in my lungs. I still have a mind to praise you. I still have a mind to thank you. I still have a heart to serve you. I thank you that you saved my soul from hell. I thank you, Lord, for the friends that I have, for the acquaintances that I have. I thank you, Lord, for the job, for the income, whatever it is, if it's only $5 a month. Thank God for the $5 a month that you do get. I know we want to be a few thousand a month, but if it's only five, thank God for the five. And be faithful over the five. Praise the Lord. And if it so be that the Lord comes back for his church, Maranatha, he comes back for his church before you get to a thousand and all you do is end up in heaven with, Lord, I, I was faithful over my five. Well, then rejoice, praise the Lord, that you are faithful over that, that God has given unto you. Praise Jesus. Daniel, the first chapter. Let's go back to Daniel, the first chapter. Daniel chapter one. We're going to continue in the subject entitled the king's meat. The king's meat. We're going to subtitle this today. Now, this is part number three. Part tres en español, if you are español. Tres en español. Praise the Lord. We're going to subtitle this today Just One Look. Just One Look. I know it, I know, I know. I know it's a song. Connie, I'm going to get you to get up here and sing. You keep singing. Come on up, Connie, sing that song. Ah, oh, she ain't going to do it. Just one look. Just one look. Let's go to Daniel, the first chapter. Daniel, the first chapter. And we're going to continue here, here again in the subject entitled The King's Meat, subtitled today, just one look. Uh, verse number one says, or rather we won't, we've gone through all of this. Let's just go down to verse number, mm, verse number six. You can read the rest of it when you go home, but for time's sake, I'm going to start verse six. And it says, now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. I just love those names, don't you? Unto, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel Belteshazzar, the name Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah Shadrach, and to Mishael Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. Verse 8, a really power verse here for the series. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. 
Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. That's all I want to read right there. Here again, this, the whole major subject here is, of course, we know that Daniel and his and the other three there, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they were captured along with uh, the children of Israel, the, the people of Judah, and brought into King Nebuchadnezzar's country. And Nebuchadnezzar was trying to indoctrinate them, trying to make them forget who they were, forget the God that they served, forget their testimony, so to speak, and become like him. And we said that society, our society today, is trying to do the exact same thing. It is trying to fill us up with its meat, its desires, its entanglement in an effort to make us like them. But God says plainly, and we'll see this today, he says plainly to his people, come out from among them and be separate. Are you hearing? Now what the Lord is calling for is simply holiness. Holiness. Now, that makes a lot of people nervous, especially uh, in some churches, a whole lot nervous. They think that holiness is a denomination. No, holiness simply means separation. He calls us to be separate from the things that are of the world. Now, I am not telling you to go and quit your job. I'm not telling you to burn some of those clothes in your closet. But if the shoe fits, maybe you ought to do it. I don't know. I'm not telling you to change friends. What I'm telling you is that God is calling for a separation for the church to look like the church and the world is going to look like the world. But what has happened over the years is that the church has become has begun to look just like the world in an effort to save them. We say, let us compromise here, let us compromise there, so that they will come in. Let us not be so churchy. Let us not be so that. Let us adapt some of what they're doing here, and then they'll feel better. But Jesus did not take that philosophy. He said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what the Father is saying to me. The, the Bible says that God is light and in him there is no darkness whatsoever. So we've gotten the king's meat on the inside of us. The, the church has the king's meat inside of us. How, what do I mean? We have so many of the, some of the, so, so many of the same cravings that the world system has. We have them here in the church. We said that before that there are sins in the pulpit and you see the, the preachers on television. You see them in handcuffs and some going away. We see their police records, their mug shots on television as the devil just parades the preachers before the world. But that is only a small snapshot of what's happening within the pew. The Bible is very clear. It says that what Paul said, he said, hey, uh, I'm not under law. In so many words, I'm not under, under law. I could sin if I wanted to. But why would I want to? I would. Why would I want to? Why would I that am, I am now uh, regenerated in the body of Christ? I am a new person. Why would I want to go back and do the things that I used to do? Why would I want to sin? Because sin, understand something, sin, and you know this just as well as I do, sin has a very addictive power. If we give in to it, it will try its best to become your master. And you name whatever flavor it is, whatever flavor the king's meat you want, you name whatever flavor it is. 
it will try to become your master. Now, master sin does not like you. Even when it is tearing your marriage apart, it will not let you go. Even when your grades are going down in school, it will not let you go. Even though you're about to lose your job because of that, it will not let you go. It will drive you and drive you and drive you and drive you. For some, drive them until they are homeless. Drive them until some have committed acts of suicide. It will drive you and drive you and drive you. It will drive a parent to abuse their children. It will drive a husband to abuse his wife. It will drive you and drive you and drive you until there is nothing left oh it's an ugly thing it's an ugly thing and what sin likes to do what the devil likes to do he loves to work with you in darkness that's why I like this graphic he loves to work with people in darkness where they peek out of the curtain and oh don't want anybody to see what I'm doing I'm going to keep this secret because as long as we think we keep this secret understand something as long as it is secret as long as nobody knows as long as we're trying to hide it we are actually giving it more power over us as long as we don't admit it as long as we say it's not there as long as we say oh I can stop it at any time I want to it has power over you there are many in the body of Christ that say, I'm saved, but I got a problem with this. Are you hearing? Amen. So the Lord calls us to be separate. He calls us to be holy. And holy simply means, or holiness simply means separate from the things of the world. The Lord Jesus said it this way. He said, the prince of this world is coming. The devil is coming, but he has nothing in me. He has, he has nothing in me. What a wonderful statement that is. He has nothing, there is nothing in me that he can use to lure me away. Nothing. Nothing that he can use in me to pull me astray. There's nothing in me. The Lord Jesus told Peter, Peter, Satan desires to have you that he may sift you as wheat. He said, no, Lord, I'm ready to die for you. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, he, Satan desires to have you. He's got something in you, Peter. And if the devil has something in you, if there's something there that he can use, he will pull you. And, and most of the time, the majority of the time, it always, he always pulls at the wrong time. Are you hearing? At the wrong time. So what we need to do is get the taste of this king's meat out of us. Now, there are two types of holiness, and we can say it this way, two types of holiness. One is declared when God declares you holy because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. He already says holy. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, his blood comes on your life. God declares you holy. Everything that God has is holy. Is holy. In the Old Testament, when they would um, consecrate the utensils in the temple, they would do it with blood. They would sprinkle blood over different items. And that blood sprinkled on it made those items holy, holy unto the Lord. Don't you know that has, as, because you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that his blood has been sprinkled over your life and God has already declared holy. He already said holy. I told you there are two different types of holiness. One God declared 
and another is manufactured. It's a knockoff. Man's holiness. They call it self-righteousness. Jesus noticed that the Pharisees and Sadducees had one of those knockoff holiness brands. They had the manufactured holiness. He said, you were like whitewashed sepulchers. You clean on the outside. Woo, you sharp on the outside. But inside, you're full of dead men's bones. There's death on the inside. Manufactured holiness can be quantified. People can look at you and say, they say, oh, you are so holy. Oh, you don't cuss or nothing. Oh, you are so holy. Look at you. I know you're saved, but they don't see you peeking through the curtain. Amen. 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 Don't see us going down the street around going to the next town over to buy a ticket. Don't see us doing this and meeting up this rendezvous and that and all that stuff. There's a manufactured holiness that is a stench in the nostrils of God. He hates it. He hates it. But what he wants and needs from us is for us to agree with him that we are holy. His holiness starts on the inside and then grows outwardly. When we begin to identify with who he said that we are, his holiness is a byproduct of an intimate relationship with him. He wants us to be holy or to be separate because we want to, because we want to please him. We, we, we want to love on him, not because we have to or not because I want to please somebody else to my left or to my right. Are you hearing? Amen. Manufactured holiness is hard to maintain. You have to go on streaks. You say, well, I haven't done this or that all week long. I, have, ooh, I know I'm pretty good, Lord. I know you're going to bless me now because I haven't done this or that. So I know I'm all right to go to church this week. Manufactured holiness. But if you mess up one time, if you've gone pretty good for months, you mess up one time, you'll feel lower than dirt. Because your holiness is based upon what you can do. And it's not based upon the word of God. Manufactured holiness. When you feel that God hears you because you do, you've done well. And you feel that God does not hear you because you have not done well. You feel that uh, manufactured holiness says, well, I'm going through this because I have this in my life. I'm not good enough, God, manufactured holiness and not the holiness that God has declared that we have to agree with. We have to agree with God that we are holy because he said we're holy. And if you believe right, you will live right. We will our lives will uh, our lives will reflect what we believe on the inside. We gave the example before, if you believe that, you know, if a man believes that he's a grace, the greatest gift to women, well, he may walk a certain way. He may walk a certain way. He may throw up a good a few pickup lines and know that she's going to respond. Hey, baby. I know you're tired. Why is that? 
because you've been running through my mind all day. <laughs> oh, he's a gift. You understand what I'm saying, do you? I've been married 20 years. I can't think of any more lines, so. Uh, I, can't, I can't think of any more. But so the, the key is now for us, God has already said, come out from among them. And he's, uh, we can look at that in, in, I believe, 2 Corinthians. He's already said that, come out from among them. But we're having a difficult time coming out from among them because the meat is still in us. The desire is still in us. Now, God knows that, that the desire is there. And he knows that you can't get the desire out no matter how hard you try because we have tried to get the desire out. Right? We've tried to cold turkey the desire out. Somebody talk to me in here, please. Hallelujah. We've tried this and we've tried that. We've tried, we've tried all these things in our physical strength to get this mess out and away from us. Nobody has to tell you that this thing, that this wrong thing, that this sin, that this thing is wrong. Nobody has to tell you that. Nobody has to preach it. Nobody has to throw a Bible. We already know. Tell your name and tell them, I already know. I already know. But the fact of the matter is, no matter how much we know it is hurting us, it still has a drawing power on us until it is broken. And for that, you won't be able to beat this with your natural strength. You won't be able to beat it with your willpower alone. It's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit. It's going to take the anointing of God. It's going to take the grace of God. I like what Paul said. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. I didn't make myself who I am. If you see anything good in me, it's because of the grace that was imparted into me. Are you hearing? Just one look just one look Daniel had just one look at the king's meat and said nah I don't want that he saw one he took one look at the king's wine no I don't want that why Daniel that was going to that's going to pollute me I want to stay separate from that so he requested of the king I don't want that in my life I don't want that. I know what that will do to me. I know what that to, will do to my marriage. I know what that will do to my career. How many men, how many women have lost jobs? Have lost jobs, have lost relationships. How many places, have, how many relationships have ended in divorce? Because they saw something. And they couldn't let go of it. Are you hearing Sobering words, sobering words. Let me give you an example of this. Let's go to uh, the book of Matthew. We're going to do just a little bit of running here. The book of Matthew, uh, the 14th chapter. Just one look. And see, here's, here's how this desire works. Here's how the, the desire works. Here's how, you know, the meat, the king's meat, as we said before, is desirable. It's, it is desirable. Um, and the, the, the word desire can also be translated to the word lust. It is a, and lust is simply a strong desire. It doesn't have, always have to be for flesh. It can be for a car. It can be for someone else's house. It's a strong desire. It's a strong craving. You, you've got to have this. You've got to have this. 
Are you hearing? And some that have a strong craving, a strong desire, uh, will cause them here again to seek, seek and to search, seek and to search until they fulfill it. And really what's happening here is that on the inside, the lust or desire simply means that there is space for something else. That means that the glass is not full. There's space. There is a vacuum. There is an opening. And we're trying to fill that opening. That's what it really means. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just trying to fill an opening. Trying to fill an opening. Trying to fill a space. Now, if you are hungry, if it is Thanksgiving and we have just had, oh, some food. Now, I know some of you are hungry right now, but you have to go with me. If we have just had some turkey, and we had some smoked turkey, and that's some of the best turkey I had. Boy, I'm going to tell you some smoked turkey. And if we have just had some collard greens, black-eyed peas, and cornbread, and, and uh, stuffing, and um, uh, some lima beans, and... Uh, and sweet potato pie, oh Lord. Don't forget the cranberry sauce Woo, with the dressing. And if we've just had that with a, with a little hot sauce on the side. If we've just had, and some people like a little chicken nugget over here. Y'all don't hear me. And if you have all of this stuff, help me, Lord. You've had all of this stuff and you are full as a tick. You are about to bust. You have already taken your belt off. And while everybody wasn't looking, you pulled your shirt off out of your pants and you unbuckled your, your pants, let your zipper down just a little bit to make yourself just a little bit more comfortable. Somebody know what I'm talking about. And you had all that and you washed it on down. You looked at the dessert table over there and there was some German chocolate cake. Mmm. And some million dollar pie. Mmm. And some red velvet cake. Mmm. And over to the side there, there was some cheesecake. Mmm. And chocolate cake. Mmm. And you decide to have yourself a piece of all that cake. Y'all don't hit them. <laughs> are you hearing? And you are full as a tick now oh my goodness you are out there and you sat down and you go oh lord oh lord you are full now if if aunt Susie comes in and she's late for the dinner and she comes in with a t-bone steak and she rubs it under your nose would you want it Most people would say no because they're full. Got nowhere else to put it. You look at it, oh, that show look good, but mm, no thank you. I mean, uh, put it in the refrigerator for later for me if you would. You know, this will be gone after a while, but right now, I don't want it. This is how lust works. It works when there is a deficiency, when there is an opening. When you're empty, 
What if you were there at, at home and uh, they had the meal set and you were you came late yourself and you were hungry and saw all the food? Would it be tempting then? Absolutely. You're wanting to pig out, right? Because there is a space. There's a deficiency. So when there is a, a lust problem, a desire for something, not always for flesh, but when there is a desire for something, that is you, that is your spirit man, or rather your body telling you, I have an opening. Aisle one is opening. Register one is open. No waiting. There is an opening. And we try to feel, consciously or unconsciously, we go to try to fulfill or feel that section in us. Are you hearing? So depending on what area the devil tries to tempt you with, he says, here, take this here, take this. That's an indication that there is a deficiency in that area of your life. Are you hearing? All right. So let's look at one example here. Let's look at one. King Herod's birthday party. Oh, he was party down, party down, party time, party time. I'm sure this was in this time he would have a mixed master over there mixing up a storm and he was the king. And so, you know, all that stuff at the party. I'm going to make it short at the party there. All his friends were there. Other other royal people of other kings. They were here to celebrate Herod's birthday. I'm sure they had on all the birthday hats, had the little, you know, all the party favorites and they had the cake and all that good stuff. Maybe. What do you think, Nick? Maybe so. So anyway, during the dinner, uh, Herodias' daughter came to dance before him. Look at verse number six. It says, but when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Wherefore, he promised with an oath to give her whatever she would ask. And she instructed her mother. She told her mother about it. And her mama said, I want the head of John the Baptist. And took his head. Just one look. There was a weakness on the inside of him. And she simply showed him what he wanted to see. Now, she may have done the wave. I'm not sure what kind of dance she did. She may have done the stank leg. She may have done the going down, like, oh, you know, all that sort of. I don't know sure what she may have done, the belly dance or whatever. Whatever she did, she enticed him. In one look, he told her, whatever you want, even to the half of his kingdom, I'll give it to you. That's a strong look, isn't it? I want to give you whatever you want. And look at her presence of her mind. The king is offering you whatever you want, even to half of his kingdom. Riches, gold, jewelry. And you ask for somebody's head on a platter. That's some serious sin there. You hearing me? If we would also to consider Lot's wife. Just one look. What's in us that will cause us to have just that one look that will cause us to lose everything if he would also ask king david it was time it was time for the kings to be out in war in the battle and other kings were there but david stayed home (sighs) and looked over his balcony and saw a woman there bathing 
and it cost him just one look. Even Achan there in Joshua, the seventh chapter of Achan, uh, in Joshua 7, verse 21, when the people of God, when the children of Israel crossed over the river Jordan into the promised land, God said, everything in the city of Jericho is mine. It's mine. Don't take it. It belongs to me. But Achan saw something among the stuff, a beautiful Babylonian garment. He saw some money and other things. Just one look, he saw it. And he took it. And it cost him and his family their lives. Just one look. Consider Eve there in the very beginning. She saw that tree and saw the fruit that it was desirable to make one wise. She saw it and it cost her. There's something in us. Consider Samson. Oh my God, can we consider Samson in, in Judges, the 14th chapter, verse number one? It says, And Samson went down to Timnah and saw a, and saw a, and saw, saw, saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Oh, Samson, why did you look? Also in the 16th chapter, and verse number one, it says, Then went Samson to Gaza and saw and saw and saw a harlot down there. I know it, brother. Just one look. <clears throat> At the wrong time in the wrong place it can cause a world of heartache and pain. It's like it is as if we had one half of a magnet on the inside of us and and the enemy has the other half and you know how magnets just pull together if there's one half in you and the devil says okay well I know what he likes I know what she likes I know what will happen if when they're in the classroom they haven't studied and little Janie is right there and she has her test and you know she's really an A student so I could just mm, look, take just a little peek. Magnet drawing. <laughs> just one look. Little Bobby, what are you doing? Bring your paper up here right now, Bobby. I saw you cheating, Bobby. Come on up here. Bring the paper. And now you've got detention, Bobby, and you get a zero. Just one look. Won't hurt me. Just, just one. Are you hearing? Just one look. Can't hurt. At the wrong time. You see, right now we're in a safe place and we're about to close. We're in a safe place. We're right here in the church. We're right here in the church. Now, I've heard that there are places where uh, the, the sisters were asked to wear long sleeve shirts because some of the brothers would lust about their elbows. <laughs> Terrible time. <laughs> Terrible time. But we're here in this place at this very moment and we're relatively safe. I pray that you are safe right now. 
I pray that you are in a safe place. And while we're in a safe place as this one, we know, and I hope that you know, that you got another half of a magnet in you. Anybody talking to me today? Another half of a magnet. I don't know what this thing will do. Because many times, before we go to do something, we'll peek. Even in the heat of a moment, when you are just about to blow your cool, at that moment, you're about to say something, you say, mm, maybe I shouldn't say this. This may be too, too much. If I say this, they're going to call the police on me. If I say this, I can hear, I can hear the sirens now. Well, I thought I could hear them now. Yes. If I say this, World War III is going to break out. If I do this, World War III is going to break out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Even when you're in the heat of a battle, you still have some control. And we decide, well, why not? And it always costs you. It always costs. So while we're in this safe environment, it is up to us now to get demagnetized. To get demagnetized. To get that up and out of us. Because the thing is, it is not when you're going to be tempted. Or, or rather, it, it is not... If you're going to be tempted, it is when. Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. And you don't even have to ask, what will you be tempted with? You already know it. Amen, amen, amen. You already know. Already know. No matter what age you are, you already know what the temptation is. Mom and daddy said I need to go to bed at nine, but maybe I can stay up a little bit longer. Well, let's hit everybody today. How about that? Well, they won't know. They won't know if I just do this or if I do that. But God knows. And let me say this. Let me say this to all of our children. Let me say this to all of our children. Mommies and daddies are simply custodians, or we could say that we are simply managers. We're called to manage you. But you are accountable to God. You're ultimately accountable to God. Everybody understand that? You are ultimately accountable to God. Hallelujah. We can simply manage or steward. And we plan to be as parents is our prayer that we are good stewards over you. We want to do our best to make sure that you get everything that you need so that you can grow and develop and be the people that God has, that God has called you to be. But ultimately, 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 you are accountable to God Almighty. Yes. Sobering words, isn't it? But it is true. We are stewards. But you're accountable to God. 
And that's why it is so important for our children to begin to seek God for themselves. God, what is your will for me? Lord, what is your will for my life? What have you called me to do? Why am I here? And as I often tell my children, God has a great plan for you. And you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss God's plan for you. How many of you parents will agree that it can be easy to miss it? It can be so easy to miss it. And God sent us to be your stewards, to be your managers, to be your caretakers. But you are ultimately responsible to God. Let me show you this last thing, Matthew, or rather, um, Lord, where do you want to go? James. Go ahead and go to James, and let me, let me show you this. James, let's go ahead and go to James, the first chapter. There is so much more. There is so much more. Now, there is a process as we're closing here in the next five or ten minutes or so. There is a process of temptation. It's all, there's always a process. And you can always cut it off if you know the process. There are about four stages to the process of temptation. About four. And it says, or rather, the very first stage, of course, is a simple evil thought. Hmm. What if? Now, that thought could originate from you or that thought could originate from an evil one. You hear me? That thought can come to you in a dream or some other image. It's a thought. What if? It's just a thought. No sin has occurred. All you've had is just a thought. Secondly, uh, there becomes a a strong imagination or impression made on the imagination by the thing to which we are tempted. We begin to see ourselves with it now. Hmm. First it was just a thought. Now we, yeah, that would be nice. Hmm. After the imagination sets, then there is the delight uh, of, of having that. There is a thought, then we picture ourselves with it, and then there is a view of ourselves, delighting ourselves in it. And fourth, it is already conceived, and it has happened. Are you hearing? I love y'all so much. Let's go look at James. James 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is a man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Verse 13, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. God does not dangle a, a sin hook in front of your face. I know you did it to me, God. Why you do it to me, God? God said, no, I didn't do it. He's not going to dangle a sin hook in front of you. He's not going to tempt you with evil. Verse verse 14, but every man is tempted when? When he is drawn away of what? Of his own lust and enticed. 
Then when, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and when sin is finished, bringeth forth death. When lust hath conceived, it's time for us to abort it, to get it out of us. When the thought comes, nope, nope, Mr. Devil, take that mess out of me. No, I'm not going to do that. Get that one out of my head. No, I refuse to, I refuse to meditate on that. No, that is not of God. I will not allow that thing to pollute my life. No. Are you hearing? Amen. Here again now. We're going to talk more about that on next week. So just get yourself ready. Lord willing. Because we want to get the other half of the magnet out of us. Once we get the other half of this magnet out of us, we'll save some money. You'll be able to save some money. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Yeah. Once you get the other half of you, have that stuff out of you, you'll be able to sleep at night. Once you get the other half of that stuff out of you, you want to be around other people and other people won't really mind being around you. Once the other half of that is out of you, once we get demagnetized and once we are changed into his image in that area. Once we agree, Lord, I am holy because you called me holy. And I begin to agree with that. We'll get off the king's meat. We'll be detoxed. We'll be separate from it. And when the prince of this world comes, and guess what? He is still coming. The Bible declares that the, it is the, the devil walks around as a roaring lion. He seeks whom he may devour looking for someone someone that he has something in someone that he has something in to cause them to trip up and to fall and usually it is at the wrong time so I pray that you'll take hope this week and ask the Lord ask, ask the Lord Lord demagnetize my heart and be honest with God. Lord, I got this. I'm bringing it out of the dark. I've got this area in me and I don't want it in me. I know what it causes. I ask you to get it out of me. And even go even further. Lord, I got this in me and I like it. I like doing it. I like the way it makes me feel. I like the way it makes me look. But I know it is not of you. Take this out of me. Yes, 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 yes. Are you hearing? Amen. Because I know as long as that stays in me, the enemy's coming. Yes. Yes. And sometimes all it's going to take is just one look. Amen. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 
1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose Him as your Lord today. Only He can make a way.